0: This episode is sponsored by Gopher State Tape Library, a 5013C corporation. Established in 1974, the library has been archiving recovery talks of the many 12-step recovery fellowships across the globe. For almost 50 years, these have been distributed worldwide. The library is the only all-volunteer organization doing this work in existence. There are no paid employees. Thousands of downloads, MP3s, and CDs can be obtained at www.gSTL. Dot, E-C-W-I-D dot com.
1: Roger. I'm an alcoholic. I have been sober since October 11th, 1978, and I'm pretty grateful for that. And um, I have to do a little disclaimer here. The point of this talk, or these talks, is not to tell you how to do anything. It's to tell you what I've done and what I've found. If that's helpful for you, and what you're doing, wonderful. If it's not, um, you've lost an hour of your life. You know that's all I'm saying. So, not instructed um, and not endorsed by any outside agencies. So, just me and my experience. Okay, the uh, I've had a blank spot. Uh, coming up to this I didn't know what I was going to talk about and then uh, my friend Reiner sent a text this morning and he said we've been talking about uh, spiritual principles and spiritual illness and uh, I thought there you go thank you God so that's what we're going to talk about um, the spiritual life you know this it's because we have new people so I need to understand the difference. Am I here to get information or to get experience? Knowledge of, intellectual, information, I can recite the big book to you, and all those steps and traditions, and, or knowledge about, that's experience. And we all have knowledge about in our lives, don't we? We're full of knowledge about. We've all had life experiences. That's knowledge about, about how life works, how I fit into it. So, one of the things that's, like when we start this off, almost without exception, we're all trying to stop abusing a substance or a behavior, right? Which is what we get here on is that failure. Then, I have to slowly figure out there's more here going on than the substance, and there's more to 12-step recovery than abstinence. If you want abstinence, you can get it, but that doesn't mean you're going to get any fundamental change. And what what is apparent to me when I get sober, and I'm sober for a few months, and the the haunting begins, the haunting of my past, my unresolved past, it starts to dawn on me that there's some, there's some uh, work that needs to be done. So what these steps are, one way to look at them is a, a set of spiritual exercises that are intended to take the practitioner from where they are into the realm and relationship with the power of their understanding a God of their understanding, a higher power, higher ideals, higher principles, higher something, right? And oftentimes people get turned off when we talk about God, but this is a call to a higher way of being, and the steps are the exercises I take and participate in to raise my consciousness, which changes my actions, which changes the results in my life, and I get a shift. And if I don't do that, well then, I generally uh, degrade back into where I came from. So am I seeking a better life, better circumstances, better relationships? Relationship is is the way in which I interface with, with other people or concepts or ideas. Relationships, how I think, money, sex, God, tradition aa how do i interface with that right am i in a relationship with aa or am i just doing a drive by am i trying to be get into a relationship with something greater than myself or am i just trying to do enough to get by that was my thing when i came in i had no uh i had no inclination to go find God. I had decided there was no God. And my, my, uh, my introduction to AA was actually through my dad's recovery who sobered up 10 years before me, but that's how I knew it was there. But I didn't, the only reason I accessed it in the beginning was uh, no one was looking for me there. And it seemed to be a relatively safe place to hang out. You don't even have to use your real name. It's like, okay, and uh, no one was looking for me there. And there are a lot of people on both sides of the law looking for me. And uh, so it seemed to be appropriate. I didn't know that was the beginning of all this. How can you know? My consciousness is so limited when I come in, and this is true of most of us, but I won't say everyone because I don't want to. I don't want to tick off your broad brush button. But most of us get here operating off our instincts, our social instinct. I want to be liked. I want to be respected. I want to be approved of. My material instinct. I want a good lifestyle. I want money. I want some toys. Maybe uh, maybe I want a relationship. Maybe. And my sex instinct. And my whole life was regulated by those instincts. So it was a very small slice of what was available to us, limited by my perceptions and ideas, which is the big challenge here. Can you change your thinking? Can you change the way you look at it? Fill in the blank. And if I can't, there will be no change. So it, they don't say you're being called to a higher consciousness. They say, they just turn out really basic. Can you admit you're powerless? And that your life's unmanageable. Can you can you allow that in? They don't even say you've got to surrender. They just say, can you admit it? Can you bring it in? And most of us have brought it in by the time we get here. We still have no idea what to do with it. And then they tell us what to do with it. Do you think you could believe that there is a power greater than you that could solve the problem? What is the problem? Well, it starts out as a drinking problem, a drug problem. Then it slowly Dawns on me, this is a living problem. I don't have a successful, satisfying, or useful way to integrate with the world around me. I see the whole thing as as a uh, as a torture track, just a test, a test, a test, and it's can I get what I want, and can I get you to not get in my way? So, so not a very high place to come from, but I—the question, the higher order of thinking. Uh, Silkworth talks about it in terms of moral psychology, a higher way of thinking, a higher way of thinking. I never even considered the altitude of my thinking. I never considered because my thinking was my thinking. It's how I saw the world. Attitude, perception, it's how I related to the world, it's a threat, I'm not safe, and you're trying to pull me down, you know, that, that was how I saw it. And I saw it that way from the time I was a little boy. So this is completely new territory. It doesn't say you'll now believe in God, it says, came to believe, which is the past tense of the idea says eventually you will come to believe that there's a power greater than you. That's one thing. And two, that it could, doesn't say would, could restore you to something more useful, sanity. Another word for sanity, the definition is wholeness. Back to the condition you were created in. Complete. Not fractured, not broken, complete. It's a restoration process. So then I make a decision to go for it, okay? Then I start examining my thinking, which has already started. When you get confronted with the first step, you're examining my thinking. Am I powerless? Well, certainly over the substance. But what about this inability to manage my life? Can I cop to that? Is that real to me? I thought the reason I couldn't manage my life is because I was a drunk, Then I quit drinking, and I quit doing drugs, and I realized it got more unmanageable. And I didn't know what to do with that. I thought I was doing what you told me to do. I'm going to meetings. I'm not changing, I'm going to meetings. I'm sitting in the circle, and I'm wondering why everything's getting worse. Well, because I haven't done anything to alleviate the sickness. In that fourth step it says, we consider resentment for it, from it, Spawn all all elements of spiritual dis-ease. What are those? Well, resentment's one. I live in the past, I refeel the past. There is no now there. And every time I refeel it, it multiplies. How about this one? Envy? Procrastination? Fear? I'm not safe. Futility. I'm trying as hard as I can, and I'm just not getting anywhere. Huh. And that brings me to frustration, depression, depression. Interesting. Um, it's not surprising I would be depressed, drinking a couple of quarts of whiskey a day. And alcohol is a central nervous system depressant. And then while I'm doing that, I'm a liar, a cheat, and a thief. That, all kind of promotes the fertile garden of depression. You know what I'm saying? But what I found out for me, I'm not saying for anyone else. When I treated the way I saw you, the way I interacted with you, the way I related to you and some of these other ideas we're talking about, my depression lifted. My depression lifted when I quit doing depressing things. You know, I would say stuff to me like, you know, they would ask me, how am I doing? I'd say, well, I'd like to have a better self-esteem. And they said, well, then do some esteemable things. And I thought, well, that's way too simple. And you're so stupid. Do esteemable things, have good self-esteem, right? But um, so depression was a constant companion, but not from drinking from the time I was a little boy. And the futility and the frustration were there. Shame. I'm unlovable. I'm not good enough. I'm bad. I'm broken. I'm dirty. Here's one. Perfectionism. Never thought of that as a spiritual disease. What does perfectionism say? Well, if you're going to do this, Dan, you better do it perfectly. And if you have any sense that you might not be able to execute it perfectly, then don't do it. Or get ready to be more perfect. Get ready and then do it, right? That's what we'll do. Well, perfectionism is my failure, is my fear of the failure that I'm not good enough. And so it says, you got to do this perfectly. Then I do it perfectly. And instead of feeling relieved and liberated, I don't get that rush that I'm supposed, that I promised myself I'd get if I did it perfectly. And so then I go back and I think about it, and I go, it must be more perfect. I must have to do this 110%. It's just nonsense, right? Materialism. I ran across a quote, I love this. It goes with this stuff we're talking, materialism. I like money, I like things, I like boats, I like cabins, I like houses, I like motorcycles, I like cars, I like trucks, I like stuff. I like stuff, including my higher education. And my advanced degrees, I like stuff. Here's an interesting, you know, I'm I'm fleshing out this idea of the false self, external referral, right? And what were we trying to do when we were trying to fill that emptiness? We were trying to fill something that only our relationship with a power greater than us could heal, could fix, could satisfy that thirst, that longing, that want. That need Here's the quote I found. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Human history is the story of man trying to find something to replace God. <laughs> I love that. It's it, isn't it? Not enough for you. For me, when I look back on my life, that's exactly what I was doing. I had this emptiness, this hole in my soul, this hole in me that nothing could fill. Money, sex, approval, success, achievement, record deals, women, nothing could fill it. That was me. That's what um, they mean by false gods and idols. That was me trying to fix something that only a spiritual solution will satisfy. I have no idea because that's not my orientation. Oh, arrogance, atheism, cynicism, any cynics? I could always find a way to pull your idea down. I could always find a way to denigrate it. Arrogance, piety, just a little more spiritual than you. Actually, a lot more, but I'm being humble. Intolerance, belligerence, selfishness, jealousy, self centeredness, egotism. Any of this sound familiar? Dishonesty, manipulation, gossip, revenge justification, rationalization, sarcasm. There's a good one. I call it humor. No, it's sarcasm. (laughs) Right? Isolation, depression, suicide. That's the neighborhood of my spiritual disease. Those are the things that keep me spiritually infected. Do you get what I'm saying? That's what brought me to you. That's what brought me to this process, and I didn't even know it because I didn't know what the damn thing was about. I didn't. I thought I knew. Thought it, I thought it was a not-drinking program. You know, it's a learn-how-to-live program, and if you're going to learn how to live, you're going to need an assistance of a power greater than you, whether you call it God or not. But here, here's an example of materialism, um, some of these lower qualities of the spiritual illness, you know, when I came in, they said stuff like you need a power grade yourself. It can be a doorknob. It can be an ashtray. It can be a light bulb. It can be any of that stuff. I don't agree. I didn't then, and I don't now. How are you going to pray and interact with a rock? How are you going to have a conversation with a light bulb? And then when you show up at the group and your light bulb's burned out, your God just died. You know, I heard that stuff and I just thought, no, man, it's got to have more substance than that. A lot of people start with nature. I like nature. I think nature is emblematic of the power of creation. There's an intelligence in nature that I don't have sometimes. Right. So that's fine. But if nature is going to be your higher power, then you have to also say thank you when it blows a tree down on your house. Because that's nature, too. It's moral; It's okay. But just, I got to form my relationship with these ideas. And we know later on, there's a communication that's supposed to go on between me and my higher power. That communication can come through me, to me, through reading books, through getting a morning text, through a conversation through prayer, through meditation. There's a lot of different ways it can come to me, but I have to be listening for it. I have to be looking for it. So this is about resistance, closed-mindedness, and denial. You can't heal what you won't acknowledge, right? And what I don't consciously acknowledge rules me from the inside. That's why on the outside, I can look like I'm getting better. And on the inside, I'm just dying. So here's a question as I'm going through these steps. What is it that I'm not allowing myself to know? What is it? Well, here's, I mean, here, you go through this thing and you know the right answers. Read the book, talk to your sponsor. You know the right answer is, yes, I believe in a power greater than myself. I also believe some other things that aren't so useful about that power greater than myself. That's the kind of stuff I gotta get on the table. God is punishing, God is vengeful, God's a trickster. God likes Reiner better than he likes me. Tim's got a better house than me. So clearly God favors Tim. Susan has more peace to me and she's clearly a favored child, right? Lena's so serene. She, God favors her but more than me. You know, that, that stuff is going to get brought to the surface by the process. Because each one of those steps asks me to go inside. One, two, and three are inside. Four and five are external. And six and seven are internal, as we've talked about a million times. So most of this is happening inside us. On what level? On the level of ideas. On the I- a level of concepts. What's a concept? It's an idea or a group of ideas that you put together and call it the big idea, right? We have a concept. This is get a concept of a God of your understanding. Well, I don't have one. Okay, well, get one. Figure something out. Not as a finished theology. As a starting point. And that the only thing that matters in this is: can I be honest with myself about where I'm at with these ideas? So to help me be honest with that, they 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 start teaching me by example and conceptually some spiritual principles. The God idea is the great principle, isn't it? God is principle, right? Don't call me now. Excuse me. I'm trying to hang it up. Um, what was I saying? Oh, God is principle. I like that. much. That works for me much better than God as a superhuman being. God as a male or a female. Um, God as a thing that resides out there somewhere. No, no, God was hiding in here. The divinity of man, Jesus teaching. The fundamental idea of God, AA's version of the same idea in here. So now my depression, all these, these forms of spiritual disease are what are sitting on my soul, on my spirit. And as I deal with those questions, the weight comes off. And one day I go, yeah, my depression's gone. Hmm. I say this often because I started being diagnosed with depression when I was 12. But um, I don't think it ever was depression. It was the sum total of my ideas sitting on the divinity that was my birthright that was uh, that was uh um, what do you call it? Eclipsing the oh, goodness, eclipsing the spirit. And as those things were removed and unpacked, there's some ideas. Where are you at with the power question? Where are you at the powerless question? And the power question. And are you willing to make a decision to go towards something of a higher order? That's what we're being called to do. So, not drinking and doing drugs is a higher order. Right? But then the question is, how do I not drink and do drugs? Then the question is, well, okay, but how do I like being sober? Because the thrill of being sober is kind of fading now. Maybe I went to treatment. I didn't, but maybe you did. You went to treatment. You got that 30-day buzz. You felt pretty good. Came out, got some sober living going on. That's pretty good. Everything's pretty good. And then it's like starts to get old. Starts to fall away. The energy of it falls away because I'm not feeding the energy of my recovery. I'm feeding a routine. Okay. So, God as principle, I like that. And what that talks to me about is this Um, the principle that I find most accessible for me, I'm not telling you what to think or believe, is unconditional love. Love without condition, which is beyond my experience and almost beyond conception for me. Love with no condition. That means in God as principle, there is no duality. There is no right, wrong, good, bad, sinner, saint. There's no punishment. There's just love. What I do with the love is on me. So then I find I've got this internal compass that lets me know when I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing when I'm straying off the path. Right. And that internal compass is dis ease. I'm uncomfortable. Why? Oh, I moved into the principle of dishonesty. Is God punishing me? No, I'm punishing me. I'm not punished by God. And I'm not blessed by God. It's principle. So when I'm punished, I'm not punished for my behavior. I'm punished by my behavior. I'm not punished for my thinking. I'm punished by my thinking. Because the thinking moves into that disease category most frequently. What's the the foundational harmonic of that is dishonesty. Dishonest with you. I'm dishonest with where I'm at. I'm dishonest with a lot of things, right? So God is principle. That works really well for me um then another spiritual principle that we have to get into is self examination that's all what's going on in the first four steps it's what's going on in 6 and 7 it's what's going on in 8 and 9 and it's what's going to be continued to be practiced in 10 11 and 12 how are you showing up how are you showing up what are the principles what are these ideas higher or low What are these principles that are informing your behavior? And when I act out of the lower principles, I get results I don't like. Well, if you want to change, you don't have to get God to forgive you. You just have to change what you're thinking, which will inform your actions, which will give you different consequences. I feel much better when I don't lie, but I can't not lie. Oh, more things you're powerless over. You know, drugs and alcohol beat us in here. And it was a heroic adventure for a lot of us. But when you look at, when you start examining your powerlessness and you start looking at fear, anger, resentment, dishonesty, manipulation, frustration, futility, hopelessness, depression, isolation, suicidal ideation, I mean, shit, that's powerless. I'm much more powerless over those ideas and emotions than I was over the substance but the substance introduced me to a new direction it's a new direction to live my life from but it doesn't it's not apparent in the beginning it's more like well I'll do some of this and I'll feel better right so it we're, we're, there's always a question in here for me is what are you going for what are you doing this for? What's your commitment to? Is it to higher principles? Is it to be in a better human being? Is it being kinder, more helpful, more loving? Or is it just another version of I, me, mine? I want to be president of AA when I grow up. I'll be running this damn thing in five years, right? No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's very satisfying. So it also, another layer of this is it makes me examine my motives. Now we're back to the instincts. Am I lying so you'll like me more? Social instinct. Why do I lie? Because I think the lie makes me look better than the truth. So I make up a story with you about me being a brain surgeon. You don't know where to bar. So <laughs> I'm a brain surgeon. Next bar, I'm an astronaut. You know, <laughs> neurology—that's my specialty. No, we lie because we think the lie makes us look better. Social instinct, right? I'm afraid you're going to find out about me. I want you to think I'm doing well. So I'm in debt up to here, but no one can see the debt. They just see the toys. They see the new car. They see the nice house. They see the nice clothes, you know. It's all a facade. And I live in the constant fear that I'm going to be found out to be the fraud that I am. So I'm constantly living from a platform of dishonesty and hypocrisy. Well, how does that feel? Maybe that's why I don't feel so good in what I call my recovery, right? That's why it says we've been spiritually ill. We straighten out spiritually, then we straighten out physically and mentally. The night that I stopped drinking, I didn't think I'm having a spiritual experience. My my moment of I give up was I'm done, I'm toast, I can't do this. It's not a very, doesn't sound like the first step. Not very fancy. I'm done, I'm toast, I can't do this. Literally inside, I could not take another step. Another I couldn't execute another one of my incredible ideas. I'm just out of them. That whole frame of mind, tomorrow's another day, we'll do better tomorrow. Gone. Everything was gone. So. I have to learn how to live in integrity. Now I have lived in integrity. I've just been living integrity with the disease. I've been integrity with lying, dishonesty, manipulation, selfishness, self-centeredness. I've been in total integrity with that. And it's killing me. I have a soul sickness. So it starts out when I talk to you about that night I gave up, I didn't think, I wasn't thinking about God. I was thinking it's the truth. With a capital T, it's the truth. Well, truth is a synonym for God. As I go down the road, I realize that because I would always argue with that. I straightened out physically first, I did the detox. Then my head started to straighten out. Then I straightened out spiritually. Because that was the last thing I came to was the God idea. I was like 18, 20 months sober then. So but when I reframed it and looked at it from a place of having more experience and less theory, I realized, oh, the truth. That was the act of surrender to the power greater myself. And the truth is what's been guiding me. The truth is inherent in all of us. That's why when you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, you always sense it in your body. You always sense it. For me, it was the stomach. It would go, Meh. kind of like a little, mm, geez, kind of just a, a threat of nausea, right or if i if I ignored it or it was a bigger mistake, I would get a stiff neck or my mouth would dry, I get you know, and it's easy to ignore those nuanced little responses because I'm not in tune with my body and the message messages it's sending me. I'm totally mesmerized by what's out here. so, Restitution, we do that in eight and nine. That's a spiritual principle. Charity, right motives. Right motives. What do they talk about in AA? We do this for fun and for free. Right motive, give it away. They say, you got it, paradoxes, you got to give it away to keep it. You know, whatever, fine. Old men. But motives are important. Because if I I can look on paper, I can look like a great AA. I run into people like this all the time. They give you their, their AA resume. I'm on this many committees. I'm taking meetings here and here and here. And I go to these meetings every week. I'm sponsoring all these people. Yeah. And then you ask them a simple question like, well, tell me about your prayer life, and they don't have one. Or tell me about your 11 step. What's what's the what's the chronic thing that appears to be most systemic in you that has yet to yield. Fear of what other people are thinking of you? Oh, interesting. right? Here's some more. Tolerance. Forgiveness. Atonement. Understanding. Love. Peace. Contentment. Gratitude. Gratitude. I was so glad for the guys that tutored me in this because they told me love and gratitude were actions; they weren't emotions, and that was good because I didn't feel grateful. Do you know what I mean? I didn't feel, oh, I'm so grateful. But I could set up chairs because I was grateful that someone did that before me. I could make coffee. I could clean ashtrays in the days we had ashtrays, right? I could do that because it was done for me. So that payback or pay forward, depending on your perspective. That is based in gratitude. I can practice honesty. I can practice empathy, kindness, open-mindedness, willingness, trust. Trust in God, no, 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 that's a little radical. How about trust in the process? Can you trust that? That's where I started. You know, you don't have to acquire everything in the blink of an eye. You know, I didn't do the steps because I believed in the steps. I did the steps because I trusted the experience you were reporting to me was real, was honest. And I took those first shot at the steps on nothing but faith, because I believed what some of you had told me. Which is different than believing what everyone tells me, right? Cynicism. That's, that's as part of a spiritual disease idea, right? But God can use anything. So I'm cynical as hell. I'm so cynical that I'm only going to believe what's in the book. So if you say something that sounds really good at the meeting, I might come up to you after and you show me where that is in the book? And sometimes they can. Sometimes they can. Sometimes they're smart asses. And they say, well, go find it. Look for it. Look it up. Read a little bit. Right? <clears throat> so my cynicism put me in a really good place. I'm going to trust two things. This power that seems to be, I won't call it or name it, this power that seems to be operating in my life. Cause emotionally I'm still drunk, but I'm not physically drunk and I'm showing some signs of progress. Right. And I'm going to, so I'm going to trust that power that mystery, that thing that is so vague and distant, and I'm going to trust this book. So uh, my cynicism made me very skeptical of what you were saying, so I'd look for verification in the book. I ended up studying the book for the wrong reason. I was studying the book, I thought, to catch you in some bullshit. But what I was really doing is God was using my cynicism to show me what was in the book. And then be able to recognize it in the people around me in the meetings. Because you know from your own experience, it's not there in everyone in every meeting. It's there in a handful of people. So, I'll close with this, this. This is another little saying I found this week, which I love. God does not love us if we change. God loves us so that we change. God does not love us if we change. God loves us, so we change. It's a different thing. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit the recording now, and, um, and we're gonna ask you. Wait a minute. Okay.
0: New episodes of the Gathering are published twice a month and can be found on Spotify and other major podcast apps. You can follow The Gathering on Spotify and others to receive monthly notifications of new episodes.